Hey listeners, Hit the Books is available everywhere you get your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, YouTube, and more. Be sure to tune in each week and like, rate, and subscribe. What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to Season 2, Episode 32 of Hit the Books, the podcast where we dive deep into the world of sports and sports gambling. Each episode, we break down the latest news and trends, provide expert analysis, and offer up our best bets and betting advice. So let's hit the books this week. And And this week, we got lots to look forward to. We have our national championship in college basketball. One team has made it all the way through March Madness. Among that, the Masters start this week. Probably the, bre- probably the best tournament in golf, along with the NHL and NBA playoffs, are fast approaching, both starting very close to each other, and we're very excited about that one. But without further ado, let's introduce my co-hosts this week, This week, Huff, Ace, and Mackie. Huff, let's start off with you. What's happening, my man? Nice to see you here. Yeah, what's going on, everyone? Happy to be back. Like you said, uh, good to have everyone back. Just me and Mackie last week as you, uh, little, you two are out on a little hiatus, but good to have the whole crew back. Excited to be back on and uh, lots of stuff to go over. A lot of MLB getting kicked off with opening day last week and uh, college basketball coming to a wrap. But like we said, we'll get into that in a little bit, but not much else going on with me. I'll hand things back off over to you. Yes, Huff, really excited about this week. Lots to look forward to on our outline. Let's shoot it over to Mackie. Mackie, what do you got for us this week, buddy? Yeah, nice to all get back back together, like Huff said. Uh, didn't feel right last week with just two of us. But, um, yeah, college basketball coming to a close. I've got a lot to talk about with that. Uh, that was taking up most of at least my time uh, these past few weeks. Obviously, um, my favorite tournament of the entire year. So uh, just getting in the full swing of things with MLB. Uh, obviously, the N- NBA and NHL seasons coming to a close. So got a lot to talk about right now. It's a hot spot of the, the sports world right now. Yeah, I'm ready to get started, but not without our last co-host, Ace. Ace, what do you got for us? Me and you not there last week like they kept saying, but we're back and we're better than ever. Let's do it. What do you got for me? Yeah, like you said, taking a week off. Uh, obviously, missed the boys, missed talking sports, but it was down in sunny Miami, so you can't really be too mad about that. Um, definitely excited to get going here because unlike Mackie, March Madness is not my favorite, so I am very excited to get the boys all locked in on my favorite thing, which is the NHL playoffs coming up. And the NBA playoffs are ripping too, so we'll get those cards going. We got some good games coming up here, and uh, I'm excited to talk it. So let's get rolling. Let's do it, boys. I'm real excited to get into this week. But first, why don't we jump into our giveaway winner? We're a little, uh, couple days late on this. I mean, good that we're announcing it on the podcast, but we're going to release it on Instagram here shortly. Huff, do you want to go into more detail about that? All right, yeah, and as we said, we had our first uh, college basketball giveaway at the start of March Madness. If you joined our ESPN Tournament Challenge, we were giving away a $100 sports ticket giveaway or $100 sports ticket gift card uh, via StubHub. And the winner of our giveaway this year with 1,150 points in their bracket and a correct national champion, James Beal will take home the StubHub gift card and the winner of our second giveaway. 
pretty pretty nice bracket. Like I said, I was just looking through it. Uh, Miami versus UConn in the Final Four. Um, his Midwest Elite Eight was perfect with Texas, Miami, UConn. Uh, he did not have UCLA, but a solid bracket. Nearly he almost doubled the second place person in the giveaway. So props to Jimmy Beal, and uh, we'll we'll be reaching out about claiming your prize. Good stuff, Beal. Happy to hear a, a friendly name here win this contest. Solid performance, buddy. And with Easter Sunday approaching this Sunday, we have lots to look forward to, but I'm curious to hear your guys' top three Easter candies. What do you guys got? Why don't we start off with you, Ace? What do you think? Well, number one, I know we could go three to one. We could go one to three, but I'm saying it right away. Mackie, you know what's coming. The Reese's egg, number one, Easter candy. Knock it off the list. It's not a mini Canterbury egg. It's not a Reese's carrot. It's not a peep. It's, it's a Reese's egg. Number one, that should be everybody's answer. Um, moving along, number two, I'm going to go with jelly beans. I know there's talks of branded jelly beans out there, but I'm just going to go with jelly beans as a whole. We'll, we'll leave it at that. That'll be two. Actually, and I'm not telling you the flavor of the jelly bean either. So we'll go Reese's egg, jelly bean. <laughs> number three. So just jelly beans and... Just jelly beans in general, not even just like a specific jelly bean. Correct, correct. A handful, a handful is probably the best. Because there are way. some bad jelly beans. Yeah, no, that's why you get a handful of them, throw them right in your mouth. You don't even know which one you're eating. It's the best. Um, moving on to third in the final spot, I'll give you an honorable mention as well. But in the third and final spot, I will go with the hollow Easter bunny. You know, you get it in the box. It's got a name like Hoppy. Something <laughs> like that. I'll take Hoppy third overall. And I like the list. Yeah, I like the list. Yeah, that's I'm leaving solid. off the Canterbury eggs, regular size and mini. I'm off that. I think that's a four star. I like all three candies on it. I would change the order. You're going to see that in a second. But uh, I think that you didn't have any weak links. I think that was a good draft. Mackie, I have a question. If I said it was my Dallas Easter candy list, would you like it more? Yeah, obviously. Okay, we'll call it that. Give me the five star. <laughs> no, I'm sticking with four star. I'm thinking three coming from my end. I'm not a big jelly bean guy. Yeah, putting jelly beans is two. That, that polarizes a lot of people, but, I mean, classic. Yeah, I think I'm with Jess. Uh, can I go half star, three and a half? I was thinking yeah, that. Yeah, definitely. You can definitely go half star. Yeah, three and a half. You can go point three if you want. Three and a half stars you out of think- five, just so we're being clear. Um. Yeah, I, I'm not a huge jelly bean guy. I have a controversial pick that I think I already know some of your guys' opinions on, but um, Mackie, I want, I'm interested to hear yours. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm I'm very mainstream. I'm not going to lie. I'm, you know how I am, a little picky eater. So uh, <laughs> I'll go with the, I'll just go with the monumental hollow bunny number one. Um, it's just like, it screams Easter. You get one every single, every, every single Easter in your Easter basket. Um, it's guaranteed to be there. Easy one. It's a lock, Number as we two, would say. That is exactly. a lock. That's like it's minus 1,000 to see in your basket. <laughs> Number two, I'm going to go same as Ace. I got the jelly beans. I, lo- I like the jelly beans. I don't do it the way you do it, though. I pick them out individually, and I'll eat them individually. Because the really, the really good ones are really good, and the bad ones are like not good at all. So I don't like guessing like that. So that's my number two. And number three, I'm going to go Peeps. But only because Peeps are also monumental. They're guaranteed to be there in your Easter, in your Easter basket every single Easter morning. So... I'll go peeps three, and I don't have any honorable mentions, so. Wow. Mackie, just going with the exceptional jelly beans at two. That's, that's a weird spot to put them when you don't like the other half. 
No, because like the good ones are so good. Also, I'm not really big on Easter candy, but the good ones are so good it just carries the entire way. But you know it's gonna be. There. I know what he means. The red, the purple yeah. ones. They make yeah. the they make the other ones kind yeah. of worth I, it. Yeah, exactly. He must have had some of those rotten jelly beans. You know the off flavored ones that. Mackie, I'll give Potter you ones. I'll give you a three point seven three star, so you can cut it up however you want. Um, but I think that's a good list. I really do like it. Peeps. A little too high at three for me. They get stale as soon as you open them, so I'm, I'm going to pass on that. <laughs> Peeps are, this is a controversial take. Peeps are sometimes arguably better. Stale. A little bit stale. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't think they necessarily get worse. Sometimes I'm not even kidding. My family, we bought, like, they buy Peeps, and just, like, my dad will take scissors to every pack and then just throw them in the cupboard, and he's like, all right, I'll eat them in two days. I'll eat them later. <laughs> like, seriously, like, they like, like them better like that. So I'm like, they're not bad like that. <laughs> yeah, they look sick, too. You can get the desi- different designs, different colors. But the thing is, like, Mackie's right. You see them every Easter, but you see them every Easter on the shelf, and they stay there the whole year. So I'm not going to. I actually, with Peeps, prefer the the ghosts at Halloween. Something about the, the shape. It's like the Reese's egg. It's just better than the rest of them. Yeah, I like the bunnies over the chicks too for Easter, but I'll get right into mine. I'm going to go three to one here. I'm going to put, it's tough. I'm going to, I'll start. I'm going to do an honorable mention to Peeps. I'm going to, I'm going to stay there. Peeps, I'm a big Peeps guy. I like them, but I can eat like two and then I'm good for however long until I'm like in the mood or in the mood for them again. So next year? No, like I'm saying like I could eat like. Over the span of like a week, a box of peeps or a pack, whatever you call them. But like, I can't just sit down and eat a whole box of them, like all 12. Like, I feel like I would have a heart attack. Like, oh, just, no way. Yeah. Like, no I, way. it's not like a candy you can like, like Reese's eggs or something like, you know what I mean? Like that. But honorable mention to peeps, not to give them too much credit. Three, I'm going to go cream eggs. Those are arguably one of my favorite candies and it's going to be classified as an Easter candy here. Cream eggs, number three. What? What is a cream egg? The they Cadbury cream egg. C-R-E-M-E, I believe. Mackie, I gotta look this up. I was gonna say, please look it up. Cadbury cream egg, fire. Number two, I'm gonna go the Reese egg. Uh, I feel like it's gonna be a unanimous pick across the board. I think it's gonna be on everyone's list. I'm gonna put it at two for one reason, because you can have Reese's all year round. I know the eggs are the best shape. But for one reason, I have my number one is they're not around all year round. It's the Cadbury mini eggs. Ace, as soon as you said it, those little hard fucking egg things, I don't know what it is about those. Those are absolutely my favorite thing at Easter. That's all I need. Those things, that's my three. I'm going to go cream egg three, uh, Reese's egg two, mini egg one. Oh, first thing I got to say after hearing that, um kudos to you because those little tin wrappers on the mini cadbury eggs you have to take off every time <laughs> <laughs> i'm all set with that <laughs> they're but, so fire but yeah the, the reese's egg slotting in high once again i mean the proportions of peanut butter to chocolate really get the people going so yeah i'll give you a, i'll give you a four star on that huff. Mackie Huff, you're both getting was, three stars I, from me. I thought me. you were getting. A, I thought I was going to get a lower score from you, Ace, because you you were kind of hating on the Cadbury whenever you were going. That's how much I love Reese's eggs. I already forgot about the mini Cadburys. 
Huff, Mackie, you're both getting three stars from me. Having peeps in your lineup is just a throw-off. I hate peeps it. Peeps were honorable mention. They're not in my starting lineup. You think he's talking about me? The fact he had that you had to say it, though, Huff. Yeah, you ruined your you score at, off the bat. <laughs> I'm going to rip my three. At number three, I'm going to go with the Kinder chocolate eggs. I don't know if you can consider them an Easter candy, but... It's an egg. It's an so egg. So it's one of... It worked. Right. I love those. At number two, I'm going with the mini Reese's eggs. The ones with the peanut butter in them. They're just oh, miniature. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. And at number one, I'm going with the regular Reese's egg. Oh. It is superior. <laughs> That's such it does, in out. fact, have more peanut butter than that? a regular Reese's. The <laughs> ratio is less. better. That's a five-star list for me, though. I need Thank you. Right <laughs> Thank you. The little so ones, the little ones are better, though. They are. Even though you, you ranked them at two. Like, it's better to have the big <laughs> one because you get more. But the little ones, when you get, like, six of them in a package and they're kind of frozen, too. Yep. An honorable mention to Reese's exactly. eggs. Wait. Yeah. yeah. So, I'm a big fan of the Christmas trees, the pumpkins oh, at Halloween, yep. anything. They all work. <laughs> oh, yeah. The pumpkins. Those might go the hardest. I'm still dying over Ace's take on the Reese's carrot. I think I have some of those. I, I am clipping that. Though. I don't know if it's going to make it in the show, but I am clipping that. The Reese's carrot? I saw somebody saying that. It's literally like, oh, you want a vegetable candy? Like, no, no. <laughs> I'm not a vegetable? Just the egg, please. It's not like it tastes like a vegetable. Uh, Mackie doesn't even know what Easter candy it, is. Guys, come it just resembles like a ve- <laughs> It just resembles a vegetable. It doesn't mean it tastes right, like that's childhood. Leave the chocolate for us. You can pick through your jelly beans at another time. <laughs> yeah, I'm not not a big chocolate guy. I'm not gonna lie. Wait, so Mackie, if you get a bag of jelly beans, you only eat half, then throw the other half away, or do you leave it in the bowl? Mackie, let no, me, I'll eat let them. me I'll guess the dis- colors. I'll just be that disappointed you, while I'm eating it. I was gonna say, let me guess the colors that you leave behind. You leave, you're leaving Dude, the white I'm, ones. Yellow. Le- I don't eat them. See, I don't really eat them enough to like know, but I just know that there are. I know like the like the the sweeter ones, like the sour ones. Are, yeah. Fire. I just like the red like and the, purple. Yeah. Red. The reds. The reds are so good. That I know. Yeah. Not bad list though. Jesse, I'll give your list of. Four and a half star, only the half stars because you copped out and did the same thing twice. All right, now. Yeah, Jesse, I'm going to go three just because you copped out and <laughs> did the same thing twice. Dang, a two-star reduction for the cop. No, no, no. I just, also, I'm not a fan of, biggest fan of all those. I'm surprised, Mackie, I'm surprised to hear peeps on your list. You're the one person I'm just I not a- to hate, like, or to hate peeps. I'm not a big, like, chocolate guy. I just like, like, sweeter stuff, like candier stuff, you know. Huff, how much of a look into Mackie's life did you just get at the childhood? Coming downstairs, he's got, like, a mini, <laughs> a mini hockey stick in his basket. He's got a thing of peeps. And then Hoppy the Easter Bunny sitting there waiting for him. <laughs> Monumental. Uh, I had those every year, too, Mackie. You can't go wrong with them. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Well, I'm I mean, happy to hear everybody's Easter candies and their, their favorite Easter candies this year, Easter this Sunday, like we said. Let's jump into some sports like we know best. First up, college basketball. March Madness has concluded. We have number four seed UConn defeating number five seed Miami 72-59 to to advance the national championship game with number also number five seed San Diego State defeating number nine seed Florida Atlantic with an all-time shot by Lamont Butler for San Diego State to take them to the national championship. What do we? Do you guys want to comment on that game? Yeah, uh, Mackie, we got kind of eaten alive in the final four. Obviously, the the buzzer beater for San Diego State minus two. 
Ace, I know you had you said you were on uh, Florida Atlantic money line because you were down there, and the no one wins. We, San Diego State hits the buzzer beater, wins by one. Uh, you hate to see that on a minus two spread, and um, but obviously the big shot for him and sending them to the final and an all time game for San Diego State and Florida Atlantic. Uh, probably, I mean San Diego State might be, but I'll be interested to see what Florida Atlantic does next year. They do have a lot of starters, and their most of their team should be returning. So. Um, but props to them for getting there and the run that they went on. But San Diego State was the better team most of that game, I thought, in the second half. And uh, that's why they ended up coming out on top. To me, it looked like in the second half of that game, Florida Atlanta kind of was starting to try to kill time and thought that the game was kind of over with maybe 10 to 14 minutes left. And that's why uh, San Diego State, they're a pesky defensive team. And that's how they crawled back into it and got the job done. But um, Mackie, obviously, I don't know. Did you end up watching that whole game? Were you watching that buzzer beater? Yeah, I watched the buzzer beater, and the only thing I was thinking the entire time was just get behind the line. Like, get, why? You are probably better off taking a shot behind the line than you are taking a mid-ranger, and he's still, um, I mean, an incredible shot. Kudos to him. That was ridiculous. But, um, damn, bro. Hey, two steps back. I, would, I was praying for a push there. I but, actually, um, I actually yeah. had two and a half, so I was fucked either way. But Oh, uh, yeah. No, I, I, I had minus two. But, um, yeah, um. I agree with you. San Diego State definitely in that second half um, was just waiting for that for that run. It didn't come till late. I think it was like nine minutes left, and they were still down 12, 14 points. But um, they were just waiting for that little uh, breakthrough that they needed. And every, once they got to a four-point game, two-point game, I was like, yeah, they're, they're not going to end up losing this game. And, um, yeah, they, they just uh, they ended up – the better team won that game, I think. And um, kudos to FAU. Obviously, hell of a season. They only lost four games the entire season. Um, but uh, I think the better team did win that game. Yeah, and then Matt Bradley, just unbelievable. I was gonna say he wasn't that good in the Final Four though. He had a great game in the national championship, but no, didn't he have twenty? Or no, it was points? it was in the yeah. You're right. It was in the Elite Eight. He didn't have a great game in the Final Four. He did yeah. have a great game. Yeah, I'm, I got my games mixed up. But I mean, the other game, obviously UConn taking down Miami. Um, that Miami team, props to them. We've been we were high on them all year, and throughout the tournament, we took them a couple of times. They went down to UConn. Uh, I think seventy-two fifty-nine final score. Um, UConn, you know, they won every game by in the tournament by double digits. That was a stat. And going into the national championship, we had UConn and San Diego State. Um, you know, UConn, obviously, everyone knows at this point, there's our national champion. Uh, Monday night, they won fifth national title in twenty-four years for UConn. Um, and I saw a stat right before we started. They're the only time a three seed or lower has won the tournament in the past 14 years, and it's been them all three times. So um, props to UConn getting it done under three coaching staffs. Uh, program, it's been kind of on the up and down for the past couple of uh, years, definitely for the past, I'd say, five years. UConn was in a pretty low spot in the world of college basketball and on their way back up and obviously national champions now. But Sonogo and Jordan Hawkins, they were hell of a players throughout the tournament, and that's what led them the re- the rest of the way. And they looked like, I mean, San Diego State didn't even belong on the floor with them at parts of that game. And they let them hang around at certain spots, and I think that's why it was closer at the end than it was. But I didn't think uh, in many parts of that game, I thought it was going to get very out of hand. But the final score kind of indicated that UConn had their way, but UConn's three-point shooting wasn't on. And I think they could have got uglier, but San Diego State's a defensive team, like I said, and they were able to keep things tight. We actually didn't have a play on this game because I was on UConn to win one, but, uh, by 1-10. to 10. Obviously, I didn't hit that. Mackey had San Diego State plus 7.5, so 
another night neither of us won, so we got kind of waxed on the good final thing, four. Good thing we didn't card. Yeah. But yeah, and then um, and then when we were texting about the plays, you go, "What do you think about the over under?" I said, first half under that hit." You said the over that hit." Yeah, I didn't play that though. Yeah, I only played the I, plus eight. I played the first half under. That was the sweatiest first half under football basketball I've ever bet in my life. I had like four misses on the last two possessions. To it was at sixty points, and I, it was like a minute left. I had needed under sixty one and a half. San Diego State comes down. Shoots a brick three really fast. And, like, UConn gets the ball back with, like, almost a full shot clock, but there's no shot clock. I'm like, oh, my God. They're going to score just like they did last last game at halftime against Miami when I took the same bet and I didn't hit it. They go down. Sano goes in the paint, misses two layups, and the buzzer just goes. I'm like, I did not deserve, I did not <laughs> deserve a, to win that. That's a blessing. Yes, and, I, and what was crazy is yes. it ended at 60, and the line movement right before the game went to under first half under 60, even 60. They know. It's they crazy, know. dude. They know. But what are you going to say? Yeah, Go ahead. They, they, came, they came out firing in that game, and then they just hit a slow. San Diego State didn't hit a shot. For like That's the only reason I thought I had a chance. Goal. I was like, yeah. if, we can keep, uh-huh. if they can keep UConn under 40 points, I'm going to have a chance at this. And I think, the, I think the first half was like 34-26. No, nah, it was more than 10 points. I think it was a 12-point game. 36-24, maybe. 36-24, that's what it was. That's what it was. Because yeah, I said... Dude, if you, I, is just... I thought if UConn got anywhere near 40 points, I was done. But go ahead. Sonogo is just honestly incredible. What he did that in that tournament is actually incredible. Name me a more dominant player to win them a national championship in the last 10 years. I, th- I think he literally is the most dominant since Anthony Davis. Oh, I thought you meant like UConn guy. I was gonna say you think he's better than you think he's a more known or who's a bigger UConn legend now, him or Kemba? Cardiac Kemba. Yeah, it's obviously still Kemba because I don't think Sonogo is gonna be that guy in the NBA either. Yeah, but dude, what he just did is just single handedly like anytime they needed a bucket, throw throwing the ball. He's either gonna get fouled or he's gonna make the bucket or both. It was just incredible. Like anytime the San Diego State was gonna even try to get a run. Maybe got it down to eight points, six points, and they'll go five points right, right, in, a, right in a row. It's just like I've, I haven't seen that in so long in college basketball. It's pretty cool to watch. Yeah, he, he definitely had a hell of a tournament. He was named most outstanding player. I don't know why they don't just call it the MVP, but, um, yeah, he was named the most outstanding player. And like you said, he definitely deserved that with that run that they went on and uh, national champions. I, I thought at certain points of that game, like, I don't know. I thought UConn, like, I was, like, sitting there. I'm, like, the public's on UConn. I'm, like, this is not over. This is not over. I kept thinking San Diego State was going to go on that run like they did in the Final Four, and it just didn't come. And UConn was so dominant all tournament, and it showed the national championship game on the biggest stage. But a lot of people weren't really too big of fans with this, like I said, this Final Four. And I'm happy with how it ended up turning out. I thought we got a great game in the national championship and two great games in the Final Four. Uh, We had one of the buzzer, the Lamont, Lamont, uh, what's his name? I'm already blanking on his name. Lamont Butler. The I, I don't know why I couldn't think of his name. Lamont Butler for San Diego State. That was the first buzzer beater in March Madness history to happen in the Final Four, where a team was trailing and they took the lead with no time, about, like no time. What about far. Gonzaga? Gonzaga did it to UCLA. Was was it to tie it or win? Because I because I heard a st- I, Jalen Suggs. Yeah, but I'm saying I heard a stat that that was the first the first shot in the final something about that buzzer beater was the first in the final four to while a team is trailing to take a lead or I don't know because wasn't the was the Jalen Suggs shot when was that 
I'm actually maybe they were tied. Yes, they were. It, that's what it is. Because San Diego State was trailing, Gonzaga was tied. That's what it is. Yeah, but I know Jalen Suggs was a buzzer beater. Yeah, but they were tied. That's exactly what the difference was. You're right. That's cool though. Yeah. Crazy shot, clutch. <clears throat> but yeah, I think obviously UConn national championship or national champions. I think that's gonna do it for us though in uh, college basketball until. Some of these guys start getting moving around in the transfer portal and declaring for the draft, things like that. But uh, hell of a March Madness tournament. I thought it was a great tournament overall. Everyone roots for upsets, and that's what we got the whole way up until, you know, we get a blue blood to win it out and uh, finish this thing off. But Ace, go ahead. Yeah, just one one question here about the uh, the UConn Huskies winning this championship. We were talking about Kemba and Sonogo and the comparisons there. Do you think some of the look back on this – is just because people see it as a Mickey Mouse type run because of the teams they had to go up against, the competition they had, and not even further so, how much they dominated their competition. I feel like that's going to make them look worse in some way just because there was no hype surrounding it. I mean, it, it definitely wasn't an easy run. All these teams that got there were there for a reason. Um, and for a Mickey Mouse, I mean, what does that mean? It's just like soft? Just, or it's just, just like a fluke. Uh, no, it's like just a fluke. Easy, easy. Because this team, this team was twelve and zero to start the season. They had a bit of a of a hump in the beginning of December, I think, when they started Big East play. But uh, ever since that little six game stretch, I think they've been the best team in the country. And into this uh, into this tournament, they de- they were definitely a top five team. And they proved it coming into this. So I don't think it was a Mickey Mouse run. I don't think that they were they're even going to be undervalued at all because. Uh, that team started hot, and they just ended up finishing hot. And Bob Hurley's a really good coach. That's his name, Bob, right? Yeah. Dan, maybe? Dan yeah, Hurley. He used to coach at URI. So many people yeah, around here in Rhode Island are obsessed his, with Mackie, his brother, Bobby Hurley, is the coach at Arizona State, I think. There is a Bob Hurley, yeah. But, no, he's a, he's a crazy good coach, and uh, I don't think that anything should be taken away from that team. Yeah, no, people are going crazy. They were so happy to see him. All over my social media is people posting pictures of him. Uh, influential guy at URI. but. Back to what I was saying, I don't agree with those statements, but those are just things I've heard about the run that they had, the teams they had to face, um, and I just think that winning by so much and not even having competition really just leads to faint of heart. It's a forgettable team. That's why Kemba seems so much better, even though Snogo's stats probably outplayed his. He had that iconic shot. There was no big play, you know? Yeah, there's no buzzer beater, like, thing you're going to think of to come back on this run other than they just tore everyone apart. I know what you mean. I mean, UConn's, Kemba's shot was against Pitt in just like a Big East game. Yeah, that was just in a normal game. I'm saying like, but But in the whole run. Kemba had that 30-some point game in the tournament. I think it was in the Sweet 16. I think he went off for, I'm going to look that up, what game that was. But you know what I'm saying, Mackie, not even any challenge. So people will look back and they will say that, like, that was a dominant UConn team. But I just feel like that's why they don't get as much love as they should. It's just because of some of the seeds they had to play and uh, how much they just cruise. I mean, they beat Gonzaga, Miami. I think stats like um, this being the first ever time no one seed reached the, what was it, Elite Eight or Final Four is another thing that jumps out to common college basketball fans like myself. Yeah, none of them hit the Elite Eight. I think that was the first time in a really long time. 
Um, yeah, definitely a, a different tournament this year. We've seen more higher seeds make it at, like to the Elite Eight, Final Four than we ever have. No one, two, or three seeds, I think. Ran- yeah, no ran- one, two, or three seeds. Random thought to come off of that. You want to know it's pretty crazy, too. In the upcoming NBA draft, some of those top prospects aren't coming out of the college pool, right? Like, more than ever before. Yeah, but that's out, that also has a lot to do with NIL. A lot of people just aren't leaving college as early because they can make money in college. So Yeah, that makes sense. Um, that, that, makes sense. Is, that has a lot to do with it nowadays, too. But you still have, like, your, your main players going. Brendan Miller obviously declared. Um, I don't know. I just... I, I do like I, I personally like it for the sport though. It shows a lot more uh, competition between a lot of these bigger and smaller schools. So it shows that sports are getting better in the NCAA level. So definitely interesting to see the dogs win. Yes, sir. UConn is our champion for the for college basketball, and March Madness has concluded. So let's jump into what. Is coming up the NHL playoffs starting here April 17th, not too far away. And I have some news for that. Officially, it is the first NHL playoff since 2014 without the Washington Capitals as they were eliminated last night. So Alex Ovechkin and the Capitals will not be in this year's playoff, which is very interesting to see as we've seen them a lot in years past, especially getting better and better as the years have gone. And with that, we have the Bruins breaking yet another record. Jim Montgomery now has the most wins as a head coach in his first year with the new team. The Bruins broke a franchise record of 123 points, Pasternak's first 100-point campaign, fourth 60-win team in NHL history, and they are just two wins short of the most single-season wins in the NHL, which is very, very impressive for for a team here in the salary cap era. Ace, what do you think about this one? Your Bruins yet another record-breaking status what do you think uh just just another stat we've been hearing a lot of them as expected with the way they've been playing hockey just happy to see that they're continuing the streak we've all been waiting for that blip on the radar and they keep cruising so um and they're getting a lot of guys in the lineup uh rotating veterans and youth out goalies every other game but uh yeah go bees love to see it um exciting to see this record be broken in the upcoming games what do you need? Uh, seven or eight more points to break the record for um, points in the season? Yeah, I thought it was it thir- six, six or seven, but two more wins to tie most wins. You'll get that. Yeah. You'll get that. Yeah, so it, it's an exciting time in Boston, and uh, hopefully Linus can finish up his Vesna campaign well. Yeah, I think that's pretty much locked in at this point. Shout out to the boy Pasta, too. I mean, he just got the bag, and now he gets the 100-point season. What a dog. We saw him. Sorry to you. Yinzer's uh, hurting those playoff chances, but he had a career game the other night, vintage Pasternak, putting that one T slapper in the on the road to win it without Bergeron. I mean, just stepping up in his absence. Yeah, I was really hoping for overtime in that game. That point really would have been nice right now. Yep. I, goes back, it literally highlights. I knew you guys were going to win that game once it was that close, that late, and like I texted you as soon as he scored that goal. Whatever Jari did on that play before, he was oh, like yeah. wincing, like he looked hurt. I'm when like, please, dove. someone just die, ice it, go off sides, get a whistle or something. And then I was like, <laughs> I told you, I was just praying for a whistle. And then Pasternak in the slot one timer, he had no chance on that. Yeah, because he actually made a tr- he made a tremendous save. Because Tristan Jerry has potential, but like I was gonna say, just that game highlights the epitome of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Great team, just weak goaltending. Like not even that bad. It's just not good. 
It's know? not going to win. Like, our goaltending never wins us a game. No, exactly. Like, dude, you're not the avalanche where you don't need that star goalie. Yeah, like, you need a good goalie. Give you Shesterkin and Sorokin. You guys are right there in the playoffs already clinched, I think. But with Jerry at the Sorokin. helm, even if you sneak in, I don't think it's uh, great for you guys. But What did you say about Sorokin? I said I'd love Sorokin, but, I mean, I don't, yeah, think, dude, either, I don't think either one of them are going anywhere. But I especially don't think Shesterkin will ever leave New York. No, you guys just gotta find I don't think one. You gotta find one of your own. They will. Sorokin is a dog, though. Top, top. I think four. he's a top five goalie in the league. Top four. Yeah. Well, I guess five because we're putting Omar up at like one or two this year, but like overall, he's top four. I uh, yeah, yeah. Because Olmark's not actually the number one or two goaltender. He's probably like eight or seven. I guess. So who would you go top four? I'd... Oh, Vasilevsky, uh, Shesterkin, Ottinger, Sorokin. Okay, I was going to go same. But Hellebuck, Hellebuck's better than all, like the three young guys like right now. But I'm just saying who I'd want. Yeah, a l- lot of 100-point seasons being thrown around this year. We just talked about Pasternak. And next we have Nathan McKinnon, the Nate Dog. 100 points for the first time in his career. Uh, this happened on Tuesday night against the San Jose Sharks. So good feat for him. Closest he came to that was in 2018-2019. Uh, he hit 99 points, so just one point short there in that regular season. Uh, another 100-point season breaking news this week. Jason Robinson uh, breaks Stars' single season point record and franchise record and obtains 100 points on the season, both there in the same week. Very impressive for him. You guys got anything about those? The Nate dog. There's no, there's no way it's his first 100 point season. I had no, to check he's, too. He's, it's crazy. He's had an injury. He's had an injury rid, riddled career, so that's the way it goes. He always misses like five games here, seven games there. If you, if you don't. It's crazy, yeah, Mackie. Yeah, you're definitely. Right. I had to it's look. Incredible but... though. Especially on that team too, right? I mean, he's firing on all cylinders. Did you guys see the way that he got that hundredth point too? That OT winner. No, I didn't see. Yeah, it. The breakaway. Yeah, on the breakaway too. It's like it was good. honestly just like a a flick of the wrist. Like he knew it was going in before he even shot the puck. So so vintage. When you see him play making plays like that, that's why you're like, oh shit, he really is the number two skilled guy in the NHL behind Connor McDavid. He's the best right-handed player in the league, in my opinion. Absolutely, definitely, definitely agree. Watching him is a little different than watching everybody else in the league. Can't stay those 97. those health concerns though. It's like. That's why it's like first hundred point campaign. Really, it's like you have that many injuries in your career because the talent's there. I think it's almost like a testament, like like we said, that team. Like if he even has like somewhat of a, if you're you know if you're only feeling ninety percent, hey, maybe take tonight off. We're playing at home against you know like a lot. When you're playing on a better team, you can sit out a lot of these times when you're the top guy. And like you said, him being a such a elite player if i think i think he's the second best guy in the league like i'll take him over anyone but mcdavid right now but i love i love mckinnon like if i was if they reset the league and i got the second pick and obviously mcdavid would go first i would not be mad about having nathan mckinnon as leading my team like i think he is unreal i mean ace go ahead the crazy thing is huff People would even take Kale McCarr, who's on his team before they take him. Uh, yeah, he, I'm give me McKinnon. I don't care that, if he's I, been in the league. That team is on fire right now, and that Avalanche. You don't want to see that buzz on the playoffs. I'm telling you. I I would honestly probably take Kale McCarr in a draft like that, just because of uh his age and he's less prone to get injured. But um, 
yeah, dude, having those two on the team, I think they're two and three in the league. It's just incredible. So working around that, obviously that team is coming off a cup. Um, that team's obviously always scary in the playoffs. Always one to look out for. The way McKinnon just skates, like he's so fucking strong. Like he's so fun to watch. Like he skates. Him and McDavid are so different in how they skate. Like McDavid's like on top of the ice, like floating around, like you don't even know where he's at. And then McKinnon's fucking digging a half inch into the ice, like flying at you. Just has so much power. Like they're, it's crazy. Like they're the one and two guys in the league, and their play styles are so different. But I love McKinnon. Like that is crazy to hear. This is his first hundred point year, but. I mean, that's kind of like, I feel like this, I've heard stats, and he's so close with Crosby. I've heard stats like that all year, or Crosby's whole career, and it's because Crosby had the injury problems too. So, um, But now that McKinnon got his first cup, I think that got the, the monkey off his back. So I think the Avalanche are just gearing up for another cup run, and I think that's what he's worried about. I don't know if he's worried about these 100-point seasons. That's It's tough to get to 99 and not be able to get that 100th one. But Ace, like you said, I bet if we looked at how many games played for that year, I bet it wasn't 82. Yeah, precisely. And like you said with McDavid and McKinnon, the way they play is so different. Like the words that come, I think he plays like a bull. Like he's running around on the ice, going through people like hard strides up and down. Yeah. Like like I said, McDa- like half. McDavid's inch. invisible. He just floats around and does whatever the hell yep. he wants, and doesn't even look like he's trying. Like I said, like dude, McDavid or McKinnon's the kind of guy. Like he seems like he's digging so far into the ice when he's skating, just because he's so fucking strong. It kind of fits their personality, too, because if you remember that interview or story that came out this season about McKinnon and the way he eats and trains and practices in hockey. I don't know if you saw the one that came out today about Bow and Byram, that young defenseman they have. Uh, concussions really slowed yeah. his development. But he says the way they play and practice against us, because he has to go against McKinnon and Rotten and McCarr, he, he's like, the way they play and practice is insane. I can't imagine when they're all full go going against the other guys. And I'm like, yeah, you're really not wrong. Yeah, that is that is a good point. But yeah, they could clinch that division, and uh, they're one of the top seeds out west, or have the potential to be. So, watch out if you're in the Western Conference. Imagine they get the the Preds in round one or something like that. I was just looking at the standings. The Preds. I thought the Preds were eliminated. They're technically not eliminated. I guess. No, their win last night, or yeah, their win last night helped them out. Kept them they're alive three for points day. out. They're a point behind Calgary. Did you see that interview? Uh, I think it was on uh, Spit and Chicklets. They were talking about how if you get the Preds in the first round, that's easy pickings. They think that's the most joke of a playoff team in a while. Mm-hmm. But the goaltender's really good, so like I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, Soros. Like last year, young, remember they you know, they didn't it. have like, Soros. They didn't have Soros last year against the Avalanche. Right. He's he's like the reason that they're there today. You got on a weird note. You see, uh, who was that? That lost his finger. Wasn't he on the Preds the other day? Blocked who? the shot. Lost his, half of his finger in his glove. Who? Who? I didn't see that. Uh, I'll pull up the clip and send it to you. Disgusting, though. I, I literally just saw I thought you'd seen it. That's um, gross. Yeah. But oh, yeah. They, they have Duchesne on the shelf for weeks now. What's Duchesne? Might have been. But yeah, that, that's, that Preds team is weak, so. Yeah, I don't I, think anyone's really scared of them. But like you said, I, I, I don't I don't think they might have had Soros for like game one or two last year, but they did not have him for the duration of those four games. I know they got swept, but when you don't have you when you're top guys in net and you don't really have him, I mean they don't really have much to root for, but um yeah, we can move into this uh next thing we got, Jess. 
Yeah, the next one here hitting home for us. The Pittsburgh Penguins defenseman Chris Letang has reached 1,000 games played in the NHL. He's the 381st player, 40, 40th active to reach 1,000 games in the NHL, 68th to play uh, his first 1,000 games with the same team. So very impressive for him to play all 1,000 of those games. For the Penguins, I've been watching them down there for years. So another good feat across the board this week. Huff, any comment on that? Um, obviously Latang, a cornerstone of the franchise for however long. And, um, I don't know how much longer he's going to be here getting his thousandth game. That was big, but, um, yeah, he's hoping we can go on a playoff run, but we're going to have to see the teams just hoping to get in at this point. Right now we're on the outside looking in. So, uh, going to need him down the stretch to, you know, get this team in the playoffs for sure. Next up, we have Matt Boldly is leading the Wild to the playoffs in Krill's absence. Former teammate from USA Juniors boasts about him often online as we've seen. He earned an additional $637,500 bonus by unexpectedly hitting the 60-point mark this season. So very impressive for him. The Wild going into the playoffs here. Flurry's 17th consecutive year in the playoffs. So lots of uh, big praise this week as we find out who's clinching playoff spots and such. And what do you guys think about that wild team? Pretty uh, getting kind of impressive as this year comes to the end, I think. I'm going to be rooting for the wild in that first round matchup. They'll get the stars, right? Yeah, they should. Is it set? No, not not even close. Yeah, it's not set. But if they get Dallas, I'm definitely rooting for Minnesota. Minnesota's a team like in the Western Conference. I usually like to root for. They're a pretty cool team. I don't know. They always have some one or two guys I like. And. I like Kaprizov. I think he's another fun young player to watch. And Boldy, obviously, like you said, he's stepped in and had a huge role for them. And they traded off, uh, what's his name, Greenway, the deadline. I thought he was going to be a good piece for them in the playoffs. And uh, they end up getting rid of him. And it looked like they were going to be offloading and kind of looking towards future years. I know they have a couple contracts that are in some tough situations. But um, Minnesota, get back in the playoffs. I mean, I- I'll definitely be rooting for them. I like I like to see them do good. Yeah, you guys, you guys were high on them all year coming in. Um, Flurry let us down going early in the year, and it's really that weak Western Conference that allows them to be where they are. I know, like you said, we thought they were unloading. I would have too in the way they were playing, but it's so bad out there that you can be a bad team and make the playoffs, and they have the pieces to go on a run too. I know you lose Kaprizov, and he had so many goals. I think he's still like top ten in the goal scoring race. hasn't played in forever, which is crazy to me. But you got Boldy above like thirty two goals now. 34 goals, something like that. He earned that contract bonus with 60 points, getting like, what, 600K. Um, yeah, he's really turned up. And he played on that Team USA Juniors team with like Hughes and Zagris and all those young guys, Caulfield. So they were all talking him up, um, saying he was that skilled. And I was always a fan of him. He had a good rookie uh, start last year. I think this is his second year, maybe third year. But um, yeah, he's he's great. Plays that left shot role on the power play in the same spot that Kaprizov would. So he's excelling there, and it's a good team that he's playing around. I, I like the Wild too. So great to see him having success. When that play, when their arena, yes. their arena looks like one of the most fun places to go watch a playoff game. Like they don't ever really, really, yeah, they don't ever really get past the first or second round. But that place, I mean, Minnesota, obviously, we know they're big fucking hockey people up there. That place always looks so fun to play in the playoffs. That place will rock, yeah, definitely. Matt Boldy's a stud, though. He's always been a stud. 
Um, like you guys said, in, he's in a big son of a bitch days. too. I didn't realize how big he he's was until I started watching some wild games this year. He's huge. Yeah, he's got a lot of power on that shot too. That's why he's got so many goals. Is he twenty one? I like that wild team though. Yeah, he's twenty. Oh, he's twenty two. I think. Yeah. So he, he, he's got the size, but he hasn't filled into it yet, which is crazy. Yeah, he'll be, he'll be a huge. good player for years to come. Yeah. I don't like them in that matchup though. That first round matchup against uh, Dallas. I like Otter. Yeah. I think Otter gets him out of that series. Flurry's too leaky in his old age. I'd still, I'm just saying, I don't know who I'd bet on, but I'm saying I'd definitely root for the Wild. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be a good seven-game series, yeah, though, I think. I think it would go seven. But yeah, if they I'd, had, had off, it's a different story, maybe. It's still two teams that see each other very often, and obviously they're big rivals. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think it could definitely go seven, series, seven games. Yeah, that'll be fun to watch as it unfolds out west. Alrighty, and just a review, in the Eastern Conference, we have the Hurricanes, Devils, Rangers, Bruins, the Maple Leafs, and the Lightning all clinching a spot. We're waiting on the wild card race here with Florida and the Islanders at 87 points, Pittsburgh at 86 here as of this Wednesday evening. Jumping over the Western Conference. Like, what a tight race. Uh, Pittsburgh fans, how do you guys feel like coming into this? Uh, I know you're, what are you a point out right now? Everyone's got the same amount of games. Um... Both the Islanders and the Panthers have, have, are a point ahead of you. How do you guys feel coming into this? So I think we have the better out. schedule. Ahead, yeah, you do. Like we you we do. have the better schedule of you know better teams to play, but I, it, these Pens can keep on the gas. Yeah, I think we're gonna be all right. But if they choke up once or twice, we're done for. You really need to get that one first wild card too. You Very don't true. Play the Bruins. So here's our last our last four games. Tomorrow we're home against Minnesota. Saturday in Detroit. We struggled in Detroit last time. Um, Detroit's a, not necessarily one of the better teams. They're still technically not eliminated. But um, then we come home Tuesday, Chicago, another lower team, and then last game of the season in Columbus. I'd like to think we go three and one if we can pick up six six points out of four games. Uh, I think the Penguins make it. I think that Red Wings game in Detroit is going to be a really tough one to get two points out of. I think but, that's um, a game we I, win in like you, overtime. You it's a one o'clock game. That'll be like a two, two one three two final score. Penguins will win in overtime. Well, if you got vintage Mark Andre Fleury, in that, I think they might win two to one in overtime. But uh, with Tristan Jarry, it's it, it it's a with a heavy heart. I think we can bid adieu to the. Uh, Pittsburgh Penguins this year. I would like to see them get that eighth spot just so all of our teams can make the playoffs and because I would like to see that matchup for the Bruins, but it's looking very true that I think we're going to see that graphic that I kind of predicted earlier no, on well, with Crosby and Ovechkin missing the playoffs together for the first time dude, in a the while. the Florida Panthers have a gauntlet. Pa- Panthers? Pa- Panthers got to play the Leafs and the Canes. They're the and best the Senators team in that tomorrow. whole mix, though. That's the thing. Yeah, you're playing oh, the Senators those- at home, though. I think they win that one. All the wild card teams. I don't know, dude. It's definitely left. not a given. It's no, not no, a given no, at, not all. at all. Not at all. But who do the Pens have next? We're home against the Wild tomorrow. Yeah, it's tough. You have to win that game. Because I really do think you guys lose that one in Detroit. And then um, the, you'll the, you'll win you'll win in, in Columbus, I think, because you'll need that win. It's the last game of the season, and you should take care of business at home. I forget who you guys said you were playing in that other game. Wait, Jesse, can you say it again? Besides those pens, 
sitting just outside the bubble. Who's that tenth team? Are they in the hunt at all or no? Buffalo. Are they valid or is it they're, their... If they won, so they're two, they got two games in hand. If they won both of them, they'd have one. They'd be one point behind the Penguins, so two points out. So they just have to basically win out because these playoff teams are going to win three out of four games. Yeah. I, I'm still sticking with my original bet of the Islanders and Panthers just because I think they're the best teams in the hunt. I, last thing I'd like to say, I hope it's the Islanders getting that eight seed because I'd want to smack them around. Team I'd least like to see, I, least want to see Panthers, and I'd want to see the Islanders and the Penguins. The I'd Bruins much rather see well. the Panthers and the Islanders if I were you. The, I, think, the Bruins, I think you the do Bruins, not want to see the Islanders. The Bruins match up well against them. Bruins match up well against everyone. No, they match up better against that team. The, the Panthers can keep up in the boat race. I, I think they have really bad goaltending, and that'll you guys would just kill them in the playoffs. Were they going to play Alex Lyon? No, this year, though. Gorowski gets This year, though, up. we played against the Panthers. That's who we've struggled with the most. Just because they can score and they have size. They have skill, too. They have the most skill out of all those teams. Matthew Kachuk, too, leading the way. Not scared of anybody on the Islanders. Sorokin. Yeah, he's good, but that team in front of him is dog. It's going to be interesting. I think we, I think the Penguins we'll make see. it, but... Oh, Jerry. Is, is he going to get the starts the rest are of you, the way? Are you, are, you, are you thinking like a fan, or are you thinking No, I think like they make realistic. it. I think the schedule favor... I, Florida has a gauntlet, and we have... I'm not saying easy games. I think we literally get, get six points out of these next four games. You know what's crazy, Huff, that I just thought about? I don't miss it, the feeling that you have right now, because like the Bruins are sitting so well, I didn't even know there was that few games left in the season, because this is just like a euphoric high I'm on watching this Bruins team. But, Relax. But no, but I give it two, that, give it two that, weeks. That feeling, <laughs> that feeling of like being in the hunt and like hungry watching those games, that's fun. So enjoy the ride. I mean, like I said, Minnesota tomorrow is our hardest game. And we're on home ice. I like us. It's Flurry versus Jari. I'll take the Penguins on home ice. I, I think you get six points too if you win tomorrow. Yeah. I think you, if, I do if think, the Penguins, I do think you if the Penguins are dogs, we can throw them on the card tomorrow. They're not dogs. They're gonna be like minus one twenty, one thirty. Thirty, yeah. That's not bad. They're minus one thirty. They're minus one thirty-six. Uh, that's high. The Mackie, that's you're a gonna, tough. Ace, man. Ace, you're gonna take Minnesota. <laughs> no, the Pens minus one. That puck line or the half a puck line push. I think I think the Penguins get it done at home ice. They're a good home team. They're just not good on the road. Value bet for you. Game to go to overtime. Wild Penguins. You guys going? Nah, I gotta travel. You get how many? Yeah, you're more? twenty. How many? You're twenty-two and twelve out at home, and you're sixteen and eighteen on the road. Mm-hmm. I don't really bring OT into that because OT is anyone's game. Yeah. But. Um, OT's more, you're, especially you're, with the three on three now. It's I like the Penguins tomorrow night. I do actually. I do. I think they definitely win tomorrow, dude. Tristan Jari just needs to have a game. Oh, that's that's scary. not even have now, a game. Now you make me rethink it. Now you make me rethink it when you say that. Yeah, but the, you know you're not you're not high. You don't want him either, to so. do his thing. No, no. You don't want him to do his. Thing. Do do somebody else's and oh we'll my win. god. Well, let's jump over to the Western Conference here. We got the Avs, Stars, the Wild. The 
Golden Knights, the Oilers, and the Kings all clinching a spot on that side of the country. Uh, also, we are waiting on the wildcard race in that one. A little more separated with the Kraken having 94 points, but the Jets with 89, Calgary with 87, and the Preds with 86. Any comment on this Western Conference? Do they have games s- in hand, those, wild ca- those bottom so, three wildcards? Yeah, so Flames have 78. Jets have 77, Kraken have 77, Preds have 77. So Flames have one extra game played. The Flames play the Jets tonight in Winnipeg, and Flames oh, literally have massive. to win this game if they want it, if they if they want a chance. I think they're the better team. I think they get it done tonight. I threw um, it on. I threw on the Jets tonight. Yeah, but you didn't. You didn't know the stakes, did you? No, I did. I did. I knew they were. I didn't think they were that high, but I knew they were both fighting for that last spot. They're two points back, and they played an extra game, so they have to win tonight if they want a chance. I don't think that Flames team is actually good, though. That's the thing. I don't think they deserve to go to the playoffs. I said it a couple. I said it a couple of weeks ago. I think the teams were locked up then, and I still think it's locked up. I think now. I said I think the Oilers are slide up. I'm still surprised to see the Kings sitting that high, but I'm gonna go. Obviously, Kraken are pretty much a lock as that first wild card, and uh, the, I think no, they can't really move up. No. But, yeah, they're locked for that first wild card, and I'll take the Jets to sit right where they're at and get – who will they get in the first round? Is it Vegas? Vegas. It's looking a, like Vegas. It's a tough series. Any series with Hellebuck in, it's tough. And that's why I like the Jets tonight. I mean, he's on home ice and a must win. Come on. Give me the best – one of the best goal te- – the best goalie in the West, I guess we can say. You taking him over Ottinger? Yeah. Otter, it's, Otter, yeah, it's, it's a Otter. wash. They're both, they're both really good. Yeah, I know what you mean, though. Yeah. I'm taking Otter tonight. No, but I'll take I'll take those two neck and shoulders over everybody else in the Western Conference. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the Flames. I mean, their team's so bad. I think, but I'm not. So, I don't like the. Flames. I don't think they're bad, and they're kind of rolling. They just they did have to have a tough loss to the Blackhawks though, which is really bad. Wait, was it Toffoli um, that said if they can get in, they can make some noise? They definitely can make some noise. They're, they're like the Panthers, same exact situation. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, did you want to know what's crazy? Especially in a weak West. You know what's crazy to me out West is if you look at some of the favorites. I don't know if they're betting favorites. I think it's just like power rankings and people's picks. They have like the Kings as like the second or third favorite to come out of the West. And I don't see that at all. I think that's that's one of the teams that get bounced early. I have a question. Yeah, I think we saw yesterday Edmonton just kind of manhandled them on their home ice. and. That's where, where that's where the Kings are good on their home ice, and that was basically just a showing of what's to come in the playoffs because they're they're looking like a nice matchup in the first round. Uh, Huff, what's your question? Is there a chance Vegas gets Logan Thompson back for the playoffs? I see he's listed day to day, but I know yeah. he's been out like on and off all season. Didn't tell you, yeah, he's played he's played a bit recently. I thought. Okay, I like um, I like Ve- I really I was we were huge on Vegas to start the season when he was in net. Obviously, we didn't know he was gonna be the stud that he ended up being, but. Um, when he gets back in net for them, I'll be all over them in the playoffs. Yeah, I hit on so, I hit on Vegas the last few games they've had. I think they played the Preds twice in a row, both going to OT, and they won one, lost one, one going to shoot. They fucked but, us what last night? Yeah, they have they have Jonathan Quick still. He was playing great, but we got screwed by uh, what's his name? I think it was Marshall took a stupid penalty in overtime, cost us the cost us that game. So what about Logan Thompson? He hasn't played since March 23rd, and um, on March 27th, it just says that he's not expected back this week, and that was a week ago, a little over a week ago, so there's no reports since then. I bet they're just saving him for the playoffs at this point. They have Jonathan Quick. 
He's gonna be. Fine. You want? I I'll take. They I have know he's a rookie, right but they have Hale, take... Brissois playing. Yep, they they they're fine in that. That's more of just the team they built. I still think it's the. I've been saying it since the beginning of the year. McDavid has to get to a Stanley Cup. I don't think he's gonna win it this year. I think it comes out of the East. I'm hoping it's my Bruins, but he's gonna get the taste of the Stanley Cup, lose it his first time there, and then he's gonna go win his in a year or two. He needs to get out of Edmonton. I really don't think that team has it in this year again. Th- this is the year to Skinner, do it. This is the Skinner year to do it. is not Skinner is not good enough. But who in the West are you afraid of this year? Actually, the Avalanche. Yeah, yeah. Okay, who else? I think the Oilers. Even Vegas. I think the Oilers Vegas lose is to Vegas four points. Yeah. No, I Vegas Dallas are good, but like they're not scary. Like some, there's no powerhouse like the Eastern Conference. You could say the Avalanche, but you could still beat them. You have Connor McDavid and Drysaitel against terrible goaltending. Come on. We've seen we've seen it fail time after time. Yeah, but this is the best chance he's had yet. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, I just I think that I'm, I'm taking the Avalanche in a series over them, and I'm probably taking, taking Vegas, Vegas in a series over them. I'm It'll taking be, um, I think It'll the be stars. Nice. I think the stars potentially could steal a series from them as well. Yeah, the goaltending definitely. I agree. I agree with all of those points. But I think if they can lock up that one seed, this is the best chance McDavid's had yet. I agree, hundred percent. Their best. I chance. hope. I hope he can. I didn't ride it. I don't think that game started yet, but I wonder if he gets to 150 tonight, like Mac predicted months ago. 10:30 game, I think. Oh, we could still. Are we riding that? Let me know. I'll I'll I'll, I'll throw very lightly on that. I'll look into it. Let me know. Yeah, again, the NHL playoffs starting here April 17th but not before the NBA playoffs starting here on April 15th, just two days here before. Some good stuff coming out of there. Why don't we start on the Eastern Conference here? The Bucks, the Celtics, 76ers, the Cavs, the Knicks, and the Raptors. Uh, sorry, in the Knicks. Let me restart that. We got the Bucks, the Celtics, the 76ers, the Cavs, and the Knicks all clinching a spot. And we got the Raptors and the Bulls clinching a play-in berth. The Nets are sitting in that number six spot. What do we think about this Eastern Conference? You know, we have the Cavs getting 50 wins on the season for the first time without LeBron since 1992. So, what do we think? First first time the Cavs have actually made the playoffs since 1998, I think, without LeBron James. Wow. Shout out Donovan Mitchell. Um, what does he have, four 40-point games in a row? Uh, he's just absolutely, he's a, he's a scorer. Yeah. No, I think he had that recently, actually. That's, that's what he's been doing. I still think they're overshadowed by those top teams in the East. It's obviously very top-heavy in the East, but, you know, you have those teams, man. Like, the the Knicks are are not somebody that anybody wants to see in the playoffs. Yeah, but... I don't think. They can bring it to six or seven. But I just feel like in the NBA, like, those top... It's, we know that the... I mean, knock on wood, but we know that the Celtics, the Bucks, the Sixers are going to go to the second round. There might be an upset somewhere else, but those three teams, I think, are going to be in the second round no matter what. Yeah, because 6-7-8 and eight is just so bad, especially with the, with the Nets losing everything that they lost this year. Um, them being the sixth seed right now, I mean, Paul Bridges, Spencer Dinwiddie, they're balling right now, but they're winning games uh, just to get them to where they are. They're not playing the Bucks or the Celtics. Um, so... They'll obviously get exposed to one of those teams. Probably, probably the Sixers. It's looking like um, Joel Embiid is just gonna, you know, obviously his MVP campaign this year is just. What do you gotta say? Yeah, I was, I was just thinking more about some of those lower seeds, but I thought of something else when you said Embiid. I mean, 
I think he's the MVP favorite right now. I I sent that to Jesse. I put in the notes. I think he's stealing it from Nikola Jokic. But um, back to the point you were saying before about those lower seeds. I mean, I, I agree that they they shouldn't have any right winning this year, and I really don't think they will. But on paper, I saw that the Celtics were projected to play the Heat, and just like past memory. And like when you look at the Heat on paper, I was like, oh geez, I don't want that matchup at all because the Heat have the talent. They're just so injured, right? Yeah, I I don't really think they have the talent. I think they were a fluke. Final team. I like I like Butler and Adebayo. Butler and Adebayo are really good. But that's not a big like. You can't even compare that duo to like some of the other duos in the NBA. But Jimmy Buck, Jimmy Butler, he just like he hangs with the big dogs though. They actually have so much depth, too. That's the other thing. He, Their bench is really good when healthy. I feel like it's so hard to say he hangs with the big dog. Because, like, he is such a baller and he is that good. But he definitely gets overlooked by, like, a Jason Tatum. Yep. Or, like... A Giannis. A, a Joel Embiid. I'm taking Jalen Brown over even, him. Even... Yeah, exactly. Me, too. And Jalen Brown's not even a first option on the team. So, um... I don't think that Miami Heat team has it this year. And then that Hawks team, I mean, not much. The Cavs are young. The Knicks are young. Like, those home court teams, the the big dogs, when they're healthy, they should be good. Um, but we'll see as it keeps going down the stretch. Uh, a lot of good basketball. Cav, Cavs, Knicks, first round. Who are you taking? It's going to be that. It's basically already locked in. I would take the value with the Knicks. They're, they're, they're more experienced, I'd say, than, I mean... They've been together. They've been together longer than the Cavaliers have. That's why I like that. Plus, New York's a tougher place to play than Cleveland. Yeah, um, but we'll see. That'll be a good one. The land. Those playing games will uh, have some meaning. You got the Nets hanging around there too. I mean, teams that can win a game here or there, but I don't think they're taking out the big ones. Out west, much different story, right, Jesse? Yes, much different story out west with the Nuggets, the Grizzlies, the Kings, and the Suns are the ones clinching on that end. Warriors and Clippers right outside there. Uh, The Lakers are up to the number six seed, the highest they've been in a while after LeBron's OT winner. Lakers and Clippers tied in the standings. Um, Some other good stuff. Suns are 7-0 when KD plays, so very impressive when that happens. Keyword, when that happens. Yeah, I mean, tough. You got you got the Kevin Durant talk here. I just I, everyone jumped on the Suns whenever he obviously like they're the easy favorite to take to win it, and I'm still taking Denver to come out of the West just because I know the playoffs are a different game, and when it comes down to games you got to play in, he's gonna be there. But the question mark with his injuries, and I, I'm taking this Nuggets team. I love Jokic. I really think this is the year that the Nuggets get it done and get to the finals. I'm not saying they're gonna win it. I think this is the year they get it done and get there. I think it's you're going to find some good value on some old heads that are starting to get good right now. Those Lakers and those Warriors are both hitting their stride at the right time. People are getting healthy. The team is coming together. You just got to avoid the playing game, I think. I mean, that's not a tough matchup in the first round with some of those seeds they have up top. I know they have some big names like KD and Jokic and whatnot. But give me the Steph Curry team, the LeBron team, with all these pieces around them that have been sitting out all year and they're all coming together cohesively at the perfect time um the clippers and lakers are playing tonight by the time you guys listen to this one that's going to be a great game i like the lakers underdog i know we put down the card plus four i believe huff 
Yeah, that so that's a crucial game. Russell Westbrook, uh, it, him coming along to the Clippers. They've been winning since they got him. Um, I said the Clippers a while ago. I like those Clippers, Warriors, and Lakers teams, but I guess I'm just riding the streak until I get proven otherwise by these new newcomers that can't win. Hey, so I'm kind of on the same same wave as you. I, I I've fallen off Denver completely. What they've done in these last like ten fifteen games. It's not been impressive at all, and it just proves to me that they can easily get beat by anybody. Um, looking at the standings, I think one through seven are all pretty much anybody can beat anybody one through seven. Um, it's Nuggets, Grizzlies, Kings, Suns, Warriors, Clippers, Lakers. Um, I'm not expecting the Lakers to get to the NBA Finals, but I don't. I'm never going to count out AD and LeBron fully healthy, especially with a brand new roster that's looked pretty damn good since it's been uh, put together, and Darvin Ham's been. Pretty good on, on the bench. Um, I, I like this Lakers team to at least uh, put up a fight against one of these higher teams. The one thing about this, though, is that 5 through 7 is all within a half a game. And if you get that 5 seed, you're playing Phoenix. And I really don't think you want to play Phoenix um, going into the first round. So that 5 seed is somewhere you don't want to be. You probably want to be either a 6 or 7 playing Sacramento or, or Memphis. I know I'd rather be playing one of those teams. So um, it's gonna be it's gonna be uh, interesting to see who ends up playing them. Um, obviously the Warriors, Clippers, and Lakers are all sitting right there within a half a game. So, um, yeah, it's getting really tight. It's gonna be cool to see who's in that play-in game and who's uh in that five and six spot. Can we please get Grizzlies Warriors? I know it's not a rivalry. That's what Draymond and Steph say because they beat them a lot. It is, but it is. It's great TV. It's fun to watch when John Morant's going. He's firing on all cylinders. He has a good team around him. Um, it gets pretty lit down there in Memphis, and then you know what the Warriors do at home and how good they are. I just want to see Steph put Jaw to sleep one more time. Um, yeah, that's what I'm rooting for. They'd, they'd have to get to the play-in, and I don't think the Warriors fall to the play-in. I think the Clippers end up falling to it. Actually, I think the the winner of this game, or the loser of this game tonight Falls. between the Clippers and Lakers it's, will fall to it. It's going to be the Lakers. Like They've done this before, haven't they? They've slipped into play-ins, and they've slipped out of play-ins. Like, Late season woes. Like LeBron, that's the thing. He's been sitting out. Now when he starts playing night in and night out, night in and night out, let's see if he can keep it up when he needs to. I, I trust him in the playoffs, but to get there is a whole different story. The grueling schedule, a lot of travel. If, like if the, Laker, if the Lakers draw draw the Kings in the first round, like, I mean, come on. They're taking. I mean, but who's even favored in that, in that series? The Lakers. Yeah, exactly. They're favorite. I, I, like the Kings are. No, the Kings are probably like minus one twenty five. Yeah, it's very probably even. I, it's definitely they're both minus one hundred five. It'd be. Minus I was gonna say. I think it'd be very close to even. If not, I think the Lakers would be favored. What about a Warriors Grizzlies? Same thing. Yeah. I think the Warriors are favorites as a seven seed. If healthy, yeah, fully healthy. Steph, Clay, Poole, Wiggins, Green. It's just Wiggins. Wiggins needs to get back with all that shit going on with him. Yeah, but no Steph kind of and Clay in and out so much, they can get hurt so easily. Steph's not. It's just Clay. Steph was out for a while this year, right? He missed, like, it wasn't, like, periodically, or it wasn't, like, it was um, one injury. Yeah, exactly. It was, like, a, a span of, like, th- a month, I think, three weeks, maybe. Yeah. So that, be, this is going to be fun to watch coming down the stretch. This Western Conference in the NBA and the Eastern Conference in the NHL, great races we're going to be talking about for weeks. Um, but yeah, let's let's just go like this real quick. I, I want to hear what you guys got. Who do you have coming out of the West and who do you have coming out of the East? Off the top. Bucks Nuggets. 
I'll go Celtics Lakers. That's been my Bucks Nuggets has been my pick for a little bit, but I'm starting to I'm starting to like Mackie said they they haven't been playing good, but I think Jokic turns it on in the playoffs. Celtics Suns, go KD versus Tatum. I think Tatum wins it this year too. That uh, I think the Bucks win it. That KD. I'll do anything. I'll do anything to see Chris Paul never win a ring. <laughs> That's a super team, though. I mean, jeez. Yeah, it is. It'll be fun. A lot of super teams in this NBA. It makes for great basketball. That's why I love the NBA playoffs so much. Yes, boys, lots of good stuff coming out of the MLB. Like I said, April 15th is the start of their playoffs there. Lots to look forward to there. Let's jump over to the MLB. Wait, Jesse. The, yeah. You said you should. I, I know. I did. Yeah. All right. yeah. I, didn't know I realized as soon as I said that. Yeah. I said MLB first. Lots of good stuff coming out of the NBA. The playoffs starting on April 15th, like I said. But let's move forward into the MLB with the regular season starting last week. Oh my God, hold on. With opening day, they saw 172 million watched minutes on the league's MLB TV streaming platform, shattering the platform's previous single day record of 121 million minutes by 42%. The previous high came on opening day in 2021, the most recent previous on-time start to the MLB season. So getting into the MLB this year, we have most teams playing, you know, four to six games, possibly seven as of today. We see the Rays, the Twins, the Rangers, the Braves, the Brewers, and the Dodgers at the top of their respective divisions to start the season. And we have the Rays coming in as the only undefeated team. What do you guys think is going to happen in the MLB this year? Uh, to start off, to the point that you made about the the spike in viewership, I think and the one thing I wanted to get everyone's opinion on is the I think a lot of people were excited to see what this new pitch clock and all these new rules were going to bring and how it's going to speed up these games, if it does, if it's a big difference, how it affects the scoring, if there's more runs, if there's less. There's been questions going all winter and all offseason about what these new rule changes were going to be. And so far from the games I've watched, I mean, I've watched, I mean, I'm a casual fan. I've watched a lot of my Pirates and a couple of the other big games. I watched Sunday Night Baseball this past week, Rangers, Phillies, and I, I like the change, Mackie. I know we had a short conversation. You said you're not a, too big of a fan of it. I haven't found a situation where it's affected the game. I know Stroman got the the clock interference, whatever the rule now is called, like whatever they technically call it when it happens, like clock violation, like shot clock violation in basketball, like pitch clock violation. I don't know what they call it, but I haven't seen it affect any of the games that I've been watching, but I'm interested to see everyone's opinion on this because I think this is definitely the reason there was a spike in viewership. Yeah, um, I think it started off the season that way for a reason because of that. Um, but in my opinion, you're not you're not going to start watching baseball now because they put in a shot, uh, a pitch clock. Like you're not going to start watching baseball because it's le- it's it's less time to watch to watch it. Um, you know, games are under two hours now. I think it kind of takes away from the whole fact of like playing baseball. You go to a baseball game, you can't go and get a hot dog in the middle of an inning because you're going to miss too much. You know, you can go and you can be back, but by the time it's two outs, usually, um, now you 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 go and you can't, you will be back two innings later. So um, I don't really like it. I I definitely um, I've seen a lot of pitchers who have forfeited a lot of runs because of it. I know Max Scherzer is getting lit up because of it. He just looks gassed out there. 
Um, we saw Sandy Al- Alcantara throwing a uh, complete game. I don't think we're going to be seeing a lot of it this year, though. I think it's very going to be very rare. Pitchers are not going to be able to keep up the entire game. Um, it's just not going to happen. Um, those are really my only compla- complaints. Um, I kind of I don't hate it as much as I did to start the season, but um, I don't know. I just don't think there's a real reason for it. I think it's pretty dumb. Yeah, I I originally agreed with you, Mackie, and I thought that that was terrible taking away from the game doing things like that adding the the square or the rectangle on the screen during a game or getting reviews and umpires but it does actually bring in a whole new viewership base first-hand experience i went to the marlins game the other day with my girlfriend hates baseball right we go there watch the whole game was like that was the best game ever i was like yeah it's because they have a pitch clock rule now and it doesn't take forever you're in and out of the game it gets the whole new baseball fan to revive a dying thing um I mean, in the playoffs, I would hate to see it, especially with like some of those Yankee Red Sox games that would set records for how long they go. But it, if it brings in viewership and keeps the game we love going, why not? And I really think the young arms like Sandy Alcantara can feed off of that pitch clock. If they're like steaming out there, they can keep going. But you see those old guys like Scherzer, a little bit out of it, might be phasing guys out of the league a bit quicker than we uh, originally thought. I didn't think about it from the aspect that you said, like if you're at a game, like a fan at a game, like the game is a lot faster from that aspect. Like I think about it, I'm sitting down to watch a game on TV. Like I just hate the in-between pitch bullshit. Like the, how much the, when the batters are fixing their fucking gloves 40 times in at bat, like all the little stuff like that. Like I love how some of these batters aren't even leaving the box now. Like I think it's, I think for the TV aspect, I think it is probably a little better. But um, for going to a game, like it's not even. There's no point to go to a no, game. No, I anymore. know what you like, mean. You, yeah, you can't like go and like have a few beers, get a little drunk, and like you turn your head and you're. It's three innings later, dude. I was I, saying I, that the Marlins strike out every time they're up, and you know me, I bet on them because I was in their home stadium. They just kept coming up to the plate, and the next day I knew they were in the field again. I mean, it's crazy. exactly. You're like, what is going on? I'll be checking games on the score and everything, and it'll be like the inning's over by like two and a half minutes later. I'm like, there's no way. The inning just went that quick, but um, yeah, the Braves Braves today were up four nothing in the but in going into the th- bottom of the third inning, twenty one minutes into the game, they were up four nothing, two and a half innings in. It's like come on, come on, man, like that's that's ridiculous. Like that used to be one inning. It is saving it though. I mean, different type of game, and maybe different people will excel in it. So maybe guys who weren't as good before pitching, especially. I mean, you can get away with different pitching. If you pitchers are getting exposed, but I wanted I want to get these two stats out there before um I forget they're on the top of my mind. Help us talk about pitch clock violations, but file this one away for future knowledge, um for future trivia games. First pitcher in history to do a violation of the pitch clock. Who do you, who do you think that was? Marcus Marcus Stroman. Yep, Mackey. He he's on top of the stuff. And who was the first hitter to be punched out on strikes due to the the violation? Couldn't tell you that one. Raphael Devers. So is that the do? is that the what's the what happens when a pitcher does it? Do they just does the batter just get a ball? Yeah. And when a batter does it, they get a strike. And if if you walk and you don't and you don't uh, get to first base quick enough, it's an automatic strike for the next batter. That's crazy, dude. It's like th- these rules are just unbelievable. That stuff is stupid. Yeah. I think that stuff's a little much. Yeah, that's different. But Get the first base quick enough? Come on. What about in between innings, how quickly they warm up, too? If you go to a game, next time you go to a game, let me know. It's so different. 
the the in between innings. It, it, right when that final out was recorded, the innings shift starts and the people have to get off the field onto the field. The warm and like the warms are so quick. It's just different, different type of thing. But it's throw two or three pitches maybe. Yeah, the infield outfield's a lot shorter, but still love the game. And uh, I'm interested to, to see, see that because I'm going to I'm going to the park game on Saturday. I'm interested to see that. Yeah, watch the Pay clock. Attention, yeah. I think it's Pay like attention to all the little things. Yeah, it's crazy. And thing I was mad about Marlins Park. You anybody that works there, Derek Jeter, figure it out. There's no miles per hour on the speed gun around the stadium. I want to see how hard people are throwing. Let me know. What? Yeah. Really? That's crazy. Yep. Oh my god. It's Miami. It's all for entertainment. They don't care what's going on. Oh, you're <laughs> telling me. I've been to so many of them there. It's, you're exactly right. But for cheap prices, you can sit anywhere. So. Curious to hear you who you guys thinks you know coming out as the most exciting or the best player so far this year. You know, only five, four, six, seven, eight games in so far this year. You know, we got Otani, Bogarts, Alcatara, lots of good names across the board this year. Young guys, especially coming out playing hard. What do we think? Who you guys think's uh, most exciting, best, best so far this year, early year? Two guys that come to mind for me. Um, one just being biased and um, from everything that I've heard. Just being from New York, uh, Anthony Volpe, just big call up for the Yankees. Um, shortstop, everyone wants him to be the next Derek Jeter. He's look, he's got a promising star, had an unreal uh, preseason. So uh, he's um he's quick quick on the bags. I think he has like five stolen bases already. Um, I know the stolen base rule this year is a little different, and there's a lot more stolen bases this year. But he's really taking advantage of it. He's really quick on the base pass. Um, another guy who obviously everyone should know about is Adley Rushman catcher for the Orioles um opening day went five for five I think he had two home runs if I'm not mistaken but absolutely incredible um young talent he's not up for rookie of the year but um on his sophomore season came in halfway through the season so he didn't even have a full season last year but and his, no he's not I think he, he was uh second second in rookie voting last year he lost to Julio Rodriguez but I, I thought it was that too my boy told me the other day that it was, I was wrong but um yeah sophomore season coming in I think he has a He's a ton of potential, and that young Orioles team is definitely someone to um, definitely be a wild card team out, out there in the in the AL. Obviously, it's a tough AL East out there, beside Boston. Sorry, Ace, but um, yeah, they definitely be a wild card team out there. Someone to look out for. Yeah, Adley Rutschman. I mean, I can't agree with you anymore. How long until he's the best catcher in the MLB? Like wide known. I think he already is. Honestly, that's who I would pick if I could take any. But it's Real Muto, I guess. But maybe one or two more years, and you'll be maybe by next year. Or maybe even by the All-Star break if he keeps this up. But some some names that come to mind for me, um, Shohei Otani, best player in baseball now, solidified on both sides of the ball. Um, guy's a stud. I think I said it to you guys, Otani Day. We didn't get it on the card, but Mackey had, uh, was against it. But I think they, they didn't cover They went on to win Moneyline. Huff's first five would have hit as well. But Otani continuing success at the plate and on the mound. Guy's insane. Um, I like Rutschman a lot. I think Xander Bogarts, can't believe the Red Sox let him go, especially with the DH rule in both leagues. So he's been on fire. He's hitting safely in every game, hitting bombs. He already has three or four home runs, um, hitting first or fourth on that that San Diego team. But I think Wander Franco has probably been uh, one of my favorites so far. He's, like I said, with Rutschman, how long until he's the best shortstop in the league? I know people love Tatis, but Franco's like 22 or 23 years old, and he's a stud hitting cleanup or third on that. Tampa Bay Rays lineup that uh, is sitting undefeated, only team right now. So they're playing well. So I, a lot, a lot of baseball to come, obviously. But that's who's jumped out to me so far. 
Yeah, and other than the guys that you've said, one dude, I've I've taken a couple Astros uh, money line bets and a couple of uh, parlays so far. And one, the best one I had, they actually ended up losing, and they were down four one to the Tigers in their opening ga- or opening game against them in that series. And they're down four one, two guys on base. Jordan Alvarez comes up to bat. I'm like, oh, okay, tie game right here. Literally first pitch, it's a fastball right down the middle. I'm like, there's your fucking chance. Second pitch, he's like, boom, I'm going yard. Three-run home run, tie game. They ended up losing, and I was pissed, but um, he's a fucking dog. He's going to have a good year. The Astros are off to a little bit of a shaky start, but um, I think, obviously, they'll figure it out. I think he's one of the most dominant players in baseball. Another um, you know, big hitter, I think, someone to look out for going into the end of the season. I think you'll see him up there in home runs. He's already up there in RBIs with 10, but... Um, Leading the league in home runs. I got my guy Brian Reynolds coming into this season requesting a trade, just boosting his trade value for us. That's fine by me. Keep hitting him. Keep hitting. Get, you know, let's hopefully he can get up to 300 hitting average and get a couple guy or get a couple guys and a couple draft picks for him because that's how the Pirates work. But um, I wouldn't. I'm not saying I want to see him go, but um, I I do like him. I like him as a part of our core. But starting out nice. Pirates are four and two. Got to boost us a little bit. Talk about us while we're above 500, not while we're below. Because you guys will be coming at me whenever we're, you know, 90 losses at the end of the season, whenever we don't want to talk about them anymore come August. So while the Pirates have a better record than the Mets and the Red Sox, I'm going to sit here and be like ace with the Bruins in the NHL. Mackie, your, your Mets, what's going on there? Braves are starting out 5-1. and one. What's going on? No Verlander. Six games into You're the season. You're wearing a Braves yeah. hat. Yeah, I, it's die. Um, <laughs> I got a I, Dude, I... I am not happy with how the season has started at all. The Mets cannot play on the road, clearly. Um, they took care of business at home against a weak Marlins team, but what, what are they doing? They just got beat 9 nothing, 8 nothing, or 9 nothing, 10 nothing, two days in a row, and then they, they were up 6-4 today and blew it 7-6. Yeah, they, they, um, get, they got walked just, off today, right? Yeah, um, they're, they're just, they have nothing going for them right now. The starting pitching is getting lit up. Scherz is getting lit up. This pitch clock is killing him. Um, I, 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 I'm worried, and I'm not happy at all. But uh, I, think I think we'll end up. I think, I think I'll still have the. Good. I think I'll still have the best record on this podcast at the end of the season with uh, your your two uh, pirates. And, yeah, that's not much. To, that's not much to go against here. <laughs> Mac, I'll root for you just because uh, my favorite girl is sitting in the stands for your New York Mets. So Justin Verlander needs. To get, is she? Yeah, Justin Verlander needs to get on the mound, and that way she can show up to the stadium. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, but uh, no, I mean Huff. One thing I wanted to get back to you were saying. Um, earlier about who's jumped out on the scene to you. It's a little in my mind. Who did you say again? I said Alvarez. Yeah, Alvarez. One thing that's going to help him out a ton is when Altuve comes back through that right-handed bat to hit in front of him. And I think I had a stat in there about uh, Alvarez. I think Jesse, quote me if I'm wrong, but he was the fastest Houston Astro to 100 home runs. Yeah, you're correct, Ace. Yeah, he's he's... He's going to be good for a long time, hitting thir- in the three spot, right, Huff, on that Astros lineup? Yeah, they're, they're, the top of their lineup is gross, and then you have, like, Kyle Tucker come in after everyone and just, I mean, their, their lineup, I, I don't, yeah. I'm surprised to not see their record be better, but like we said, it's such a long season, we're, so, we're only a week in, so they'll be around. Yeah, their pitching scares me, though. I really like the Angels this year, I honestly do. I think Otani gets his team to the playoffs. All right, why don't we jump into a little golf? It's that time of the year to dive into one of the most prestigious and iconic golf tournaments on the planet, the Masters. 
As the Azaleas bloom and the legends of the game return to Augusta National, we want to run through some of the odds that could be this year's Green Jacket winner. Well, let me round out our top 10 here. we got Scotty Scheffner coming in at plus 650. Roy McIlroy plus 750. John Rahm at plus 850. Tony Fanu at plus 1800. With Jordan Spieth also plus 1800. Patrick Canta, Cantlay at plus 2,000. Justin Thomas plus 2,200. Jason Day and Dustin Johnson also plus 2,200 to round out those. What do we think this year? Maybe some players placing top 5, top 10, something along those lines. You guys got any, uh, any say in what happens in the Masters here this weekend? I just really like Rory. I really think he gets it done this year. Um, he's been just right around there. So many uh, weekends in a row, he's just playing such good golf right now. Obviously, Scotty Scheffler is right there trying to go back to back. But um, I did see a video of Scotty very frustrated on the green practicing today, and uh, he like threw his putter at his um, at his caddy or something like that. So not good if you're a Scotty Scheffler better this week. But I just I really like Rory here. I'm gonna go uh, playing in, or just uh, all reliable here. Um, I know the odds aren't the best, but Plus 750. Can't go wrong. I have three guys that I, th- or two guys that I think's worth putting a little bit money, a little bit of money on, and one that's more fun just because I like the odds and I like them. That one is going to be Homa. I think he's plus 2,800 or plus 3,000. Um, I think it's worth a play. 2,800 on DraftKings in this graphic that I'm looking at right here. And then the other one that I did like was Rom and Fino. Uh, John Rahm at plus 850. All these odds are crazy. Golf, you know, to win these events, especially the Masters, is insane. Um, but I think Rahm plus 850 and Tony Finau 18 to 1. I think those are both worth plays, and I might end up putting some money on them. But I've um, never actually bet on golf. I think I have, uh, I might have once before, maybe a top 10 or a top 20 finish, but um, never bet on the Masters. So maybe, maybe this weekend will be the first. Yeah, like you said, Huff. Um... I, I've never really bet on those long shots to win, but hopefully some of our viewers, I know some, some of my buddies will feed me some of their picks as the days get closer, but I'll, I'll be looking to throw it. So if you got any locks, definitely hit our uh, social media up and let us know, and I'll tell you. All righty. I think that's just going to about do it here this week on Hit the Books. I don't have anything else to add. Do you guys have anything else? Let's go, bro. Two nothing, Rangers. Oh, the Rangers, dude. First round exit. Kako, baby, that first line or that third line, the kid line. Look at them go. Best third line in the league. No, no, no. Yes, yes. Coil Hall Bertuzzi. Disagree, but we'll see. We'll see that Eastern Conference Finals matchup. I hope so. You guys are good at losing those. You guys are good at losing in the cup. At least we get there. Doesn't matter. We still have the same we, amount of rings since then. At least I have one in my life. Shut up. Often, Jesse, uh, don't say anything. Let me let me just live with one. You got me in Super Bowls. <laughs> we we've had this conversation before. Yeah. What do you have? Three. Two. Stanley Cups. Only three two? cups. Two Super Bowls. Oh yeah, three. In my Cups. life. Must must be nice. <laughs> I've seen my team. Mackie, just claim the Giants. You'd have time. two. Yeah. I don't want to claim the Giants. And you'd have Daniel Jones. I play the Yankees too. I have the Yankees no nine too, but I don't. I don't like the Yankees. I, I didn't celebrate. Oh, 
Well, that's just. I would celebrate now. Mackie's teams are so unfortunate. It's more than just a celebration. Puff, the way that. Yeah, exactly. You gotta be excited for Mackie, the teams he could have had, and the ones that he fell into. Well, at least I didn't choose the Jets. That would have been a lot worse. Yeah, yeah. Jets oh, you'd be Isles. you'd be you'd be gassing up the Jets coming into this offseason. <laughs> you'd be one of those Jets fans that you keep talking about. I'm so happy I'm not. Yeah. So happy. Yeah, I could have had the Giants, but they have two. I could have had the Yankees in 09. Um Yankees a few times Rangers. when you were like a baby. Right? Yeah, in two thousand and oh one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they lost no three. Yeah, you can claim those. You were alive. Yeah. <laughs> I was alive. That's valid, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's going to do it for me this week. Thanks for listening. Uh, make sure you give us a follow, like, subscribe, wherever you're listening. Uh, it goes a long way for us, and we really appreciate it. So thanks for listening. We'll see you guys next week. Yeah, like Huff said, tune in. you got to catch those one-minute Mondays coming up once a week. Uh, let us know your picks for this Masters tournament, and tail our cards. We're going to get back in the greens in double digits. Facts, yeah. Um, one minute Monday is something new we do. It's uh really cool and really interesting. So, uh, ready for those on Monday, and that's that's really it. And that's gonna do it for us on this episode of Hit the Books. Thank you to everyone who tunes in each and every week. Without you, we wouldn't be able to do what we do here. So please like, share, and subscribe wherever you can. And don't forget to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for our plays each and every night in the NHL, NFL, MLB, NBA, college basketball, and college football. Thank you again and see you next week.